Get ready for an hour filled with conspiracies, UFOs, ghosts, the paranormal, legends, and myths from around the world. Chasing Prophecy Radio, where the paranormal is supernatural. With your hosts, Sean Kelly, Jenny Nicasio. Welcome to the Chasing Prophecy Radio, and here are your hosts, Sean and Jenny. Good evening and welcome to Chasing Prophecy, the Keystone State clear across the globe. Welcome everyone to Radio Network 107.1 FM, New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. I'm Jenny Nicasio, along with my co-host, Sean Kelly. Remember to like us on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Sean, are you ready for tonight's show? I sure am, Jenny. I am so waiting for it. I- <laughs> We had a little technical problems, but we're up and ready. Yes, we are. And I just had a day from Hades, you know what I mean? So uh, what kept me going was knowing that we are going to be on radio tonight. So, you know, even though my my day was bad, right? I knew I was happy because I'd be spending an hour with you. (laughs) Oh, oh boy. Okay, that's great. Well, you know, Uh what I... this crazy world we're living in, anything is possible. So, you know, the bullets are flying. People are dying in the streets, but let's not think about that tonight. So um, this this evening is open mic tonight. We will discuss anything paranormal. But before we get started, I'd like to remind our listeners, listeners to email us at chasingprophecyradio at gmail.com. So if you have anything paranormal... Anything that happened to you, be it ghost, ghost story, UFO encounter, cryptic creature, aliens, creatures, tell us your story or send your caught on camera video or photo. We will credit you on our show and we'll share it with our viewers or listeners, any photo, and we'll put it on our Facebook night live, Friday night live too. So, excuse me, moving on. Um, Well, I want to talk to you about Our very first show, we discussed sleep paralysis. Remember that, Sean? Sure do. Very interesting. (laughs) And the shadow people. Yeah. And we debated whether or not the shadow people were aliens or demonic presence or spirits. Um, And could it possibly be that you always say the old hag theory, okay? I'm not really crazy about it. I hate that word, hag. (laughs) Okay. Well, tonight we're going to debate this with our experts and someone who has been haunted by the terrifying entities of the night. Okay. So, and I lean towards the phenomena as being an EBE, an extraterrestrial, have a hard time saying that, biological entity theory. What are your thoughts on that, Sean? My my thoughts is, if that's what you feel like it is, then God bless you. But to me, it's just a spirit. Bad spirit hanging on your chest. Okay, well, let's see. And this evening, Sean, we will be discussing Jerry's story. Jerry is a young man who has had strange visitors of the night since he was a child. And he's going to discuss his experience with shadow people and an unusual encounter he had late one night when he was a very young age. Um, I think it was about a six or seven. So, and from that moment on, he's had some unusual paranormal activities ever since then. 
And tonight we have on deck with us um, as a guest expert um, is Brian Sharpless, PhD, licensed clinical psychologist, visiting associate professor at the Department of Psychology at St. Mary's College of Maryland, visiting research fellow at the Department of Psychology Goldsmith and the University of London. And he's the author of Psychodomatics, I might be saying that wrong, Therapy Techniques, Sleep Paralysis, and Unusual and Rare Psychological Disorders. Disorders. But I want to just do a disclaimer right here. I want to let our audience know that this is not this is strictly for entertainment purposes, and then I'm not and he is not giving any medical or psychological advice. Brian, welcome back to Chasing Prophecy. Hi, it's nice to be back. Hey, Brian, <laughs> yes, I haven't seen you since your first show. <laughs> I know, and we got. Uh, I guess we. What would you say, us, uh, Sean? We got sort of promoted to uh, FM one hundred seven point one in New good. Orleans, and we're doing Congrats. really good. Yeah, it's a great move, and I'm so glad we're here. So, tell me what's going on with you, Brian? Well, teaching with COVID, so it's uh, it's a exciting day every day. Yes, <laughs> I bet it is an exciting. Day. I can imagine it. It's, everything's a little bit different, isn't it? Yes, very much so. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, huh? Mm. And are you wearing a mask? Yes, yes. We're doing a combination of teaching mask to mask and simultaneously on Zoom. Oh, geez. So it's like teaching to two groups of people at the same time, and it's very complicated. But wow, we're doing our best. We're doing our well, best. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, uh, last time we had you on, um, after the show, there was a lot of positive feedback on sleep paralysis and on our, that episode. And even after the show, a few of our listeners actually had sleep paralysis that night. Yeah. Which yeah, which leads me to believe, could it be self-induced? I mean, if you're thinking, could it be like a lucid dreaming? Could you actually cause it? Oh, yeah, you can actually cause it in a lab. So there, oh. there are cases, um, there are some Japanese researchers that hooked people up to EEGs so they could tell what stage of sleep they were in. And when they wow. entered REM sleep, rapid eye movement sleep, which is the sleep you're most likely to dream in, you nudge them a little bit of wake, and every now and then you can get them to go straight into sleep paralysis, which is a combination of REM sleep mixed with wakefulness. So you have the dreams of REM sleep and the paralysis of REM sleep so that you don't act out your dreams going on while you're completely awake. Wow, that is, that's mm-hmm. crazy. Sean, what do you think about that? Well, God bless them. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you, Brian, because... Um, I I respect on what you uh, are doing, the research and teaching about it. But to be honest with you, I I can't see that. I have dealt dealt with a lot of people where, you know, they claim and they see spirits. They don't see nothing else but that. And that's why they call it the old hack theory, because the people that they see that's sitting on their chest and can't move, okay, are ugly women. Okay. Uh-huh. So that's where I'm that. He's stuck on that old hag, Brian. Yeah, it's a very common belief in Newfoundland. So one of the fascinating things about sleep paralysis is people see different things in different cultures. So if you were in Zanzibar, you wouldn't see the old hag. You'd see a giant black bat that comes out of the jungle called the Popabawa. If you were in San Lucia, you would see the Kokma, which is actually an unbaptized infant. So each culture seems to put their own sort of stamp onto the the same fundamental 
dream image, which is almost always scary in sleep paralysis. So dreams are usually only scary about 30% of the time, but in sleep paralysis, it happens about 80 to 90% of the time. And there's even a genetic contribution to it. So you can, you can induce it in the lab and you can identify people that would be more sensitive to having these experiences. And so they can actually be hallucinating right in front of you. Hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more skeptical, obviously, about um, paranormal expla- explanations. I, I respect everybody's beliefs, uh, of course. Um, but Wait, yeah, so I have, have a slightly different take too. on it. That's cool that you do respect them. In fact, that was one of my questions I was going to ask you, bud. Oh, yeah. I, I, as someone who seven years after I started studying sleep paralysis, I actually had an episode myself. And I can attest to the fact that it is as vivid and as real as anything else you would see in your normal waking life. So whenever I hear somebody talk to me about being abducted by aliens, being visited by demons, I, I do not. My first assumption is not that they're lying. Mm-hmm. I believe Look. that they, they, they believe it, and the phenomenon is so scary that um, I'm not surprised that some people really do, do believe that they're sort of being visited by paranormal entities. Uh, and those are the people that I deal with, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, but, along, uh, what was that? that? <laughs> along with Brian, <laughs> I want to welcome one of um, Sean's crew from Pittsburgh Paranormal Society, and that's investigator Jason Petro. (laughs) How do you say (laughs) I am Petro. Okay. You can see the strange Italian. (laughs) Hey, thanks for having me. This is great. I'm I'm, uh, I'm glad to be part of the show tonight. Yeah, well, welcome to Jason. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Jason, what got you into the paranormal investigating? Well, what got me into it was I can remember as far back as being a kid and just having like different experiences. And back then it was frightening, you know, because you're a kid and you don't know what's going on. Well, as, you know, time went on, my wife and I, we bought a house and this is where stuff really started getting interesting. We actually ended up having a poltergeist in our house and didn't know how to handle that. So we got a hold of Sean. I met him through a mutual friend of a band I was in. Mm-hmm. You know, he comes over and with his crew, Pittsburgh Paranormal Society, and this is in 2013. And then they ended up cleaning the house and got rid of the bad spirit that was here. Mm-hmm. And from there on, I was just really intrigued. And I, I just wanted to have more. So then Sean actually started inviting me on investigations. And it kind of just unfolded from there to where I am today. Wow, that's interesting. Haunted houses and poltergeists. Um, you went to Lake Shawnee with uh, Sean, with the with Pittsburgh Paranormal Society, and Jason. Um, Sean told me about that you saw uh, something strange at Lake Shawnee by the swings. Want to want to tell us about that real quick before we get on to Jerry? Yeah, sure. Um, well, there was the story of a little girl that had gotten killed on the swings over there. So me and another investigator were running an EVP session, and then we decided to go to another area because we weren't really getting a lot. Well, I'd forgotten something back near the swings, so I was like, hey, man, I'll be right back. I'm going to go grab my, you know, whatever I forgot. And uh, I go grab what I had, and I turn around, and I saw this girl pop out from behind this tree right next to the swings and what looked like an orangish-red kind of dress. And I was just... 
I was totally stunned. I was like, wow, you know, I saw it with my naked eye. And uh, so when I caught up with the group, you know, we knew about the little girl, and I mentioned what I saw because mm-hmm. I didn't know what color dress she was wearing, and, it, and a couple other people did. They're like, holy moly, you actually saw her because she was wearing like a dark pink dress, which would correlate with the largest reddish I saw because it was nighttime. So that was very, very interesting. Yeah. Was it a modern dress? Was it a dress that had like some kind of a time stamp to it? Uh, It looked older. I think it was probably like a 40s or 50s era. 40s or 50s. style dress. Yeah, because she just poked at him from around this tree. I saw her and then she just vanished. And you didn't get it on camera? No, because I was going back to get a piece of gear or whatever. I left where we were at and then head back to the new spot. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't get it on camera. Yeah, so you, you, <laughs> do you think it was an apparition? You definitely think it was something that you, or was it just somebody that was happened to be there that snuck up on behind uh, you? No, no, it, it was definitely an apparition. Um, I know I've seen apparitions before throughout my life, and there was nobody else around. Well, you know, they were all on the other side of the lake, and I was just, I was totally astounded. Cool. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And you I think it's haunted that. So you le- le- legitly think it's it's legit. It's haunted. Absolutely. Cool. Absolutely. Well, that's good. That's cool. We'll have to get out there sometime again. Well, without further ado, I want to welcome our special guest this evening. Um, we're going to call him Jerry, and he will remain anonymous. And I'm going to welcome him, Jerry. And I want to thank you for coming to tell your story and your experiences for our panel, for Brian and Jason. And, and we just want to welcome you. Jerry? Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Hey, Jerry. Welcome. Good, good, good. Good. And before we start the discussion, and I want everyone listening at home, in your car, Facebook, anywhere, YouTube, to check your coat at the door and, and listen to Jerry with an open mind. Okay, so let's start at the beginning and tell us your earliest memory for Jason. And Jason and and let him tell the story, the first one, and then you guys can go ahead and throw the questions at him. Okay, guys? All right. Sounds good to me. Okay, go ahead, Jerry. Okay, do you guys, like, want to know, like, my first sleep paralysis or first time I've seen, like, the shadow person? I would um, like to know about the shadow person, if it's okay. With you. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, I want to say I was around 10 or 12. Um and I was over at my dad's house, um, and I want to say it was about 9 or 10 a.m. Um, I was sleeping, and I I thought I woke up, and I could hear my dad talking on the phone um, in, the, in the downstairs. And the way the bed was set up was it was my right side was against the wall, and by my feet was the door to the right of the bed. And I'm laying there, you know, just relaxing and then i see a dark figure walk through the door come right up to me and kind of lean down towards me and then i woke up but then i thought it was my my dad who came in just it didn't register in my mind at the time what really happened but then i could hear my dad um downstairs still talking um and then i kind of sat there for a moment not able to really process at the time what really happened 
that was that was definitely that was the first time I ever experienced it. Okay, and how did you feel? You know, at first, confused. I wasn't necessarily scared at the time. Um, I was more kind of put off and, and and questioned what really happened and if it was just a dream or not. Okay. And did you experience a shadow person ever again after that day? Yeah. So I want to say most of my teenage years into college and then recently uh, in July, as I um, was reacquainted with him, per se, per se. Was something stressful going on in your life that or any time that the shadow man appeared, were you going through a stressful time? Were you uh, like anxious or any kind of any changes, things like that? So the first time, no, I I, I can't say that it was stressed or anything. Um, and then the the few times leading up to that, I definitely, you know, not that I can tell. I mean, you know, you get stressed as a teenager and growing up as an adolescent. Um, I did, I mean, I, going through college, I mean, just nothing like out of the ordinary, I should say, um, that started it. Now, I do say this, um, and you guys can give me your opinion on this one. When I was about 10, before I started uh, seeing this, I was reading a lot about astral projection and med- deep meditation. Mm-hmm. Um okay. So I was doing that for, I'd say probably about six months trying to get into that Zen state, um, being, being able to, you know, try it. Um, so I don't know if that's what maybe elicited everything or not, but. Brian, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I just did a study uh, late last year on what people actually see during um, during episodes of sleep paralysis in terms of the figures. And so I had a sample of college students that get it about about 20% of college students experience sleep paralysis at least once, primarily due to, uh, as, as he mentions, uh, stress can be a factor, um, disrupted sleep, because, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I might be getting up for an 8 a.m. class, Tuesday and Thursday, maybe a 11, 20 class, so you sleep till 10. And so anything that really disrupts your sleep can make sleep paralysis more likely. So in the sample, uh, uh, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, we found that the most common reported being during sleep paralysis was actually shadow people, mm-hmm. yeah. which was pretty mm-hmm. fascinating. And before I actually got into sleep paralysis, I wasn't even familiar with <laughs> shadow people. Wow. What about, what about you, Jason? Uh, I feel like it could be a, a kind of like numerous different things. Like he's talking about how it started when he was a child and it's still happening up to today. Um, the part I'm thinking about is he was talking about diving into astral projection kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get involved with that, you're really starting to open yourself up to the paranormal world, I actually tried it myself for a while, and uh, I was successful one time, and uh, I made it across my room, and as soon as I saw myself, that was it. But when you're dabbling into things like that, you're really open, so I feel like it could be, you know, a spirit that's just been following him because they know, 
you know, or it could be a past relative, you know, just let them know they're around. And as long as it's nothing malignant or bad, you know, it's really nothing to worry about, in my opinion, you know. Um, Jerry, you want to, so have you had any other experiences prior to this that you would like to talk to so our panel can um, try to figure out what it was? Um, honestly, not that I can remember. I would, I would say that most of my paranormal experiences happened probably, um, after that. I did have, um, an experience with a light when I was, uh, probably what, five or six, I want to say. What, what um, was that experience? Go ahead and tell us. Don't, don't let, you know, you don't have to hide here. You're in a safe place. That was, <laughs> no, no, I, yeah, it's a I, yeah, I love I love sharing these, sto- these stories. Great, we want to hear your story. So, like any question, like seriously, feel free to ask. I, I will tell you, um, mm-hmm. whether it's the sleep paralysis, the the shadow person, or what what I, I guess I'll tell you guys now. So, when I was around six, um, I, we'll just say six because I can't remember exactly. I was laying on my bed at night, um, and I was sound asleep, and I was woken up to a extreme right light. What I only way I can describe it is like if someone had like a massive LED like um, spotlight that like shone through my entire room. And this is when like LEDs weren't around. Like, um, I don't think LED lights came out for a few years after this incident even happened. So it was just too bright to be like a car, a regular flashlight or anything. And this is when I was like deathly afraid of aliens growing up. So like okay. my instinct was I'm either a was just abducted by aliens or there's aliens in my room. So I, I remember throwing the covers o- over my head and like debated, should I run to my mom's room or should I um, just stay here until I fall back asleep? And I ended up running into my mom's room and I, I didn't see anything after that, but I still kind of question ever since like, why, what was that? Whether it was aliens, whether it was paranormal, whether it was uh, spiritual. Um, I can definitely tell you I was like on a scale to one to ten, terrified was like a gajillion. So it was <laughs> gajillion. <laughs> Did you see anything besides the light? No, I think because my initial instinct was to cover my head with my, Close your my eyes. covers. Um, and I just remember like just sweating profusely and like shaking because it was, I honestly thought aliens were in the room. Um, cause that's when a lot of times I was having, you know, a lot of nightmares, um, about like aliens or, or other things. When I, when I was a kid, I used to have a lot of nightmares, like a lot of nightmares. Mm-hmm. That's so strange for being a young, like a, like a child to have nightmares like that. What about our panel? question you know can you help them figure out what this is this light well i i think um in general it's actually very very common for kids to have nightmares really absolutely um yeah in, in terms of adults we we can get something called nightmare disorder where we have lots of nightmares that end up usually involving feeling of being chased and things like that and it can cause people a lot of problems but yeah they're very common in childhood and so you know, a nightmare is an, another REM behavioral event. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that could be consistent with some of the things I've been talking about. In terms of the light, how long how long long did the light go on for? Was it a really bright flash? Was it a, a long beam? It was a I would have to say like a really uh, bright flash. Like imagine someone just turning on a spotlight for about a second and then turning it off. Gotcha. And so when you threw your covers over, was the light gone? Yeah, it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in sleep paralysis, and again, I'm not, I'm not diagnosing you. And first of all, I'm really just so pleased that you're feeling comfortable to open up to a national audience about this. I think that's, that's really important. Yes. Yeah. Very much. Very, yes, very brave. Hopefully it'll help somebody have the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the fascinating things about sleep paralysis that that dovetails into some of the ways we work that into mythology is that as soon as movement returns, so as soon as the paralysis ends, the hallucinations disappear like that. So if you look back at how people have described being visited by um, vampires, for instance, you oftentimes hear about them disappearing into mist. If you read oh, like yeah. the Malleus Maleficarum and uh, witch hunting books back from the 15th century, you see a lot of um, ideas that witches could disappear at will as well. So you oftentimes have people that will see really scary things, and as soon as they jump up or maybe get themselves out of bed, it's, it's just gone. Wow. Which is wow. really scary. As you hey, Jen. Yeah. Jen, I'm, I'm going about to, our new I am. Thing I am. I'm, I'm, I'm getting to it. I just didn't want to interrupt them. Um, sorry, I have to interrupt you guys. We've got to take a quick break. Uh, we, I like to um, thank our this, this episode's sponsor. So um, if you got a ghost, who are you going to call? You're going to call Phantom Hounds Paranormal Group. They're based in Beaver County, PA. And that was started by three paranormal enthusiasts in 2013. They've been around all over in their pursuit of all things spooky and never turned down a chance to look into new places. So if you or someone you know has something they cannot explain going on, Phantom Hounds would love to hear from you. Like them on Facebook and check out their website, www.phantomhounds.com. Okay, guys, sorry about that, but we had to put in our plug for our sponsor and so glad they did sponsor us. And if anybody yes. would like to sponsor us, don't feel, you know, feel free to give us an email. Okay, so let's start back to where we were. I'm sorry about that, but um, getting back to the light. So, Jerry, do you yes. think that the, this, do you think the sleep paralysis started after the light or before, did you have it before the light? It was definitely after. Like I said before, it, sleep paralysis started when I first um, saw the shadow person when I was at my dad's house. Okay. So, you know what else I was thinking? What do you guys think about this? Um, okay. Let's just, let's just go off to a, a different realm. Okay. Let's just put the sleep paralysis in the corner. And let's think. He saw a light in his room. After the light, he started to have this the shadow people and then anything else jerry that you want to say that happened that you want to to add to this because you've had some really inner discussions on emails you discussed it a lot of things that you see that other people may not see yeah absolutely um i, w- I want to say that after that incident uh, or my dad's uh my whether i was you know opened to the paranormal or you know just something happened in that event um but after that i started to see shadows you know just in plain plain daylight 
um, I've experienced, um, I've experienced feeling touched. Um, I'm seeing dead pets, um, from mm. like, uh, like my wife, I, I saw well, the first day that I ever met her, uh, and went to her house, I should say, um, you know, uh, it, it was in the back of my head that her cat had just recently passed, but I wasn't thinking of it at the time when I was passing her room and I, I saw, I saw a cat and I was like, Oh, I didn't know you had this cat. And I described it. And I just remember her staring me in the eyes like, um, they're not here anymore. <laughs> um, I, you know, I've, I've seen, um, objects move in my, in, in our house where I grew up. Um, but I, I think the the big if I had to pinpoint one biggest paranormal um, to me would be the I would honestly have to call it a haunting um, from the the shadow person that I met back at my dad's. Oh um, god, that that's just me, you know. That's just what I call it because I know what I lived okay. through um, as growing up. Um, when I was growing up, especially got really bad in high school. I want to say around ninth and tenth grade. Uh, I actually actually had insomnia for probably six months because uh, just about every night I was having sleep paralysis and seeing the shadow person. And, you know, over the years, it became more um, like a sense of terror. Like the first time I described it at my dad's, I didn't feel afraid. But as the years went on and as the more times it occurred, if the presence like of an evil presence became stronger and stronger. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, And it actually, to me got almost violent. Like the, the sleep paralysis would become violent. Um, I would feel like I was being thrashed in my bed. Um, I would hear, there was a point where I could hear it speak. Um, and that just went on for years. I mean, years. Wow. Have you experienced now? Since now that you are married, uh, do you? Um, does your wife experience any of this? You know, there was not recently, but when we were when we were dating, um, she believes that she did have sleep paralysis once when we were traveling somewhere. We were in a, a hotel, mm-hmm. and. I left to go get, I don't know, say breakfast or something. And she thought I came back into the room. And then she woke up and kind of realized, like, no, he's not here. He's at the store right now. Okay. So that was she, that was her one experience of something very similar. Now, does your wife see paranormal, like spirits or anything else like that? Um. Yeah, she she's had a few uh, experiences, but nothing like. I guess I if I had to you know, compare, nothing similar to what I've experienced. But she she's had hers. Okay. But this Jason, follows you. you. Does it? It follows you around, huh? It doesn't just stay at one place. It comes with you. Yeah, I mean, it was mostly. I would say mostly, mostly at. Um, my parents' house where we grew up. Um, but I did have a few instant instances where I was over my wife's, uh, her family house sleeping over where I 
you know, I thought I saw it while having sleep paralysis there. Um, but it was mostly at my house or yeah, my parents' house. And then it wasn't until I would say July of not over the summer, over this summer where I saw it again, but this was at my new apartment, but that, that's a whole weird experience in its own. (laughs) That that was really bizarre. (laughs) Well, we'll have to talk about that. So Jason, I think Jason has a question and Brian, Mm -hmm. you can go ahead and share your thoughts when he's done. Yeah, I have a question. Um, whenever you witness the shadow figure that's been following you around for so long, like how do you feel like physically and emotionally at that moment? Like can you recall like any like feeling drained, just completely out of energy or angry? Yeah, absolutely. So the mo- most of the time it was, you know, uh, just terror like like I was seeing something not of this world, like evil, um, right in my room. So just this horrible sense of fear and terror. And then when I would wake up, I would just be completely drained of energy, just wiped out. Um, and that's like what I said during high school, I could not sleep. I was just not sleeping. And it was just every night where it would cause me to lose sleep to the point where I had no energy and I was falling asleep in class and stuff. Okay. Cause to me, it, in my opinion, it sounds like there's an entity that's attached to you personally, especially being that it's following you around from place to place. But the big thing is, um, when you feel those feelings of terror and fear and everything like that, it feeds off that. That's like a, yes. like a gourmet plate for it. So that way, Good when you call. wake up, you're just completely drained, you're tired, you're falling asleep in class. Uh, probably the best thing to do from my own personal experiences, especially, is if you stand up to it and literally tell it, like, stop following me. I'm not, you're not allowed, you know, to be near me. You're not welcome. Nine times out of ten, they will go. But if they don't, then we have to look into, you know, further steps to make it leave permanently. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up because I did for the longest time I tried. Um, You know, I tried calling out to Jesus to help, but it seemed that every time I did that, it got worse. Really? Yeah, they Hmm. they definitely don't like that, I don't think. So it sounds like it's probably something that's not very friendly, honestly. Yeah, no, if if I had to put a name to it, I would call it a demon. Wow. That's me. Okay. Wow. Brian, we need I'd some... Pro- what do yeah, you I'd probably see it a little bit differently. <laughs> yes, I was going to say that. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, the one possibility is there's something following him around. The other possibility is he is always with him. So he's bringing along to all the various places his own experiences. And it sounds like these are really terrifying events that end up disrupting your sleep that end up making you worry that end up making you upset all these things make um disrupted sleep more likely which in turn makes sleep paralysis more likely and uh, so if you're primed to go to bed and it and it's a scary place and you're in your you know worried about when you're going to see these these figures again all those things would potentially make them more likely to happen 
So being a skeptic, I look for ways to, you know, obviously understand things that wouldn't take recourse to paranormal phenomenon. So if we have a, a, a way of understanding that doesn't involve malevolent entities, I would probably uh, err on the side of that. The burden of proof would be on sort of the more extraordinary of the claims. Yeah, no, you know, I agree with you. I'm, you know, I'm a very scientific person. Um, at first, I was very skeptical. I thought, you know, I'm just dreaming. That's what it is. But as, you know, more paranormal things happened to me, and as this continued, um, I kind of leaned towards the, you know, this is probably something supernatural and not something that I can I can explain scientifically. It's just, to me, it was just too bizarre. And then when I started reading up on it, it was, you know, fitting a lot of descriptions um to a lot of things i have read decent amount of demonology uh i've read a lot about astral projection i've read a lot about you know hauntings and, and paranormal experiences and it seems to fit that more than it would you know the, the scientific method and just trying to figure it out as you know this is a disruption of my REM sleep and i'm manifesting these through subconscious thoughts you know but that's just how i look at it uh-huh uh -huh. uh, now, when you were reading the books on demonology and, as you were saying, being a scientist, you know, being scientific, did you come up with a conclusion? As far as, like, what I, what I think it was? What you experienced, yeah. I, to, if you would have to – if I would have to be honest, I, I honestly think that whether when I was reading or, or trying to ask project or if I believed I actually did – because there was one time that I actually thought I I did, similar to Jason, I think it was, who was explaining that story. I would have to say it was a, an attachment to a demon. And the best way I could describe it is, is if, I don't know if you guys have ever watched the movie Insidious. Mm -hmm. um, sure. Yeah. So when I first saw that movie, I didn't really know what it was about. And when I started paying close attention... I started freaking out like internally at the theaters because I was like, wait a minute, this is really similar to what happened to me. And then when I found out that the kid or the, the main character Astro projected when he was a kid and had a, the old hag attached to him, I was like, I remember being in the, in the theater, it just chills up and down my body because I was like, this is too similar mm -hmm. to what happened to me. Wow. Yeah. I have a question. Here's, I have an idea. This is just my opinion. I'll see what you guys think about it. So when he was, said he was about six years old or eight years old and we saw that bright light, what do we think about the theory that it's possible that a spirit came over through a portal and that was the start of it all? The flash of light is when the spirit there. crossed over I'm and then later on start following him around. I'm proud of you, buddy. That was a big question. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good analogy. I don't know. I mean, when I when I think of a bright light, I don't think of anything that's you know like malevolent, demonic, malevolent. Yeah, malevolent. I I don't. I don't. That's our word for today. That's our word for today. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't feel that a light is is a light is something good i mean it, i don't know whenever you go through a portal whenever you see whenever i see portals in a house okay there okay. is light that comes through now not all good spirits come through that portal 
We've there's a lot of here. bad ones that come in. Too. Okay, because these are. I'm trying to think. Uh, like, yeah, I could see that if, if if somebody passed on and didn't want to be there, like wanted to get out of there, maybe I don't know. But you deal with portals when you see them in hauntings. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be. It could be. But you can also people who claim that they were abducted see a light too. Possibility. But I'm learning to like aliens, Jenny. I'm learning to like <laughs> aliens. <laughs> I can't help it. I like aliens. Okay. I, I don't. I don't what's that? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Okay. You spoke of um, your apartment. And you said that's a whole nother story. What happened there? That do you have the same experiences, or are they worse? So, this was probably, you know, I've had I've had a handful of experiences that you know made me question a lot, um, and really just put me beyond the level of being terrified. This was definitely the the one of the top five I would have to say. So, you know, prior to this, I haven't seen that figure since call it undergrad so probably i don't even know if i had to guess say five six years so it's been a while um and you know i go to bed and i'm having a dream and i know when i'm about to get sleep paralysis a lot of the times like i can feel it and a lot of the times it happens while i'm dreaming so i'm not where i am so i somehow was dreaming that i was in my bathroom at my mom's house um we had a bathroom upstairs next to the beds um and i'm laying on the floor there and then i stand up and i look at the mirror it's a big mirror probably you know like eight by eight huge you can see everything above the sink and then i get this sense like a familiar sense of something like i like there was something i knew that i've known for a while that was was around me um and then the whole scene became very dark and misty um and then behind like if i'm looking at the mirror behind me is our uh would be our shower that has like a glass door on it and i mean it's gonna sound nuts but this is just what i saw it was jesus christ on the crucifix came appeared in the shower behind me and then he started dripping blood just oh blood goodness. just pouring Whoa. everywhere Whoa, um, and this is when i started freaking out and then all of a sudden the dark figure the shadow person that i have not seen for years appeared out of nowhere in like from the mirror into my face um and i woke up and but when i woke up i jumped out of bed and it was like i could not get the image of the shadow person out of my head it just would not go away and the the feeling that i was i guess old feelings of being tormented just this brutal terror sense of helplessness just would not go away it was almost like my brain was stuck at just viewing the the shadow person and i you know had my hands over my face and i was telling my wife like turn on the lights turn on the lights turn on the lights and then i just 
bawled, like broke down wow. um, because I was so terrified and it just would not go away. And I had the biggest headache of my life. Um, like it almost felt like I was having like um, an aneurysm. Whoa. Brian. Wow. Bot. Brian. Yeah, it sounds like a really scary dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't I don't I don't hear the paranormal side to that. So, uh, you know, we we've all had terrifying dreams with really bizarre imagery that can leave us emotionally impacted. I just saw a patient today who is not a person that would cry and bald for for quite some time after experiencing a really profound dream. So, you know, that's that's part of the dream, the dream world. It's very imagistic. It's very intense. We don't have a lot of, of abstract thinking in it, and everything is so rich and so real. And when it's a nightmare, it can be all that much more profoundly scary. So hey, it sounds Brian, like you was asleep the entire time, correct? During that event with seeing Jesus? And- yeah, I mean, yeah. If, see, to me, with, with my prior experience and knowledge, um, I can absolutely understand why someone of your caliber um in the way of thinking would go to that if you ask me what happened i would almost say that i would astro projected back to my parents house um and experienced that and then due to the fear was able to come back so i don't know if uh, uh-huh. sean or jason have any thoughts on that because they seem to that's be very you know, possible um I feel like that uh, these moments of sleep paralysis, this is just my my thoughts. Um, when you're in sleep paralysis, to me, you're just basically, your body is just a pool of energy just laying there that's helpless at that current moment. So whatever this entity or shadow man, whatever it is, I feel like when you go into those sleep paralysis, it's really feasting in free energy, basically. And I feel like that's why it might be more pronounced and it's really making itself known at those current times. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I don't know how much of astral projection you guys know, um, but there are, there is, from what I've read, there's three main techniques to get out. And one starts when you're falling asleep. One starts when you're when you've woken up from sleep and you're trying to go back to sleep. And the easiest method from what I've read is when you're having sleep paralysis is the easiest time to get out. Mm. So I know yeah, there's the um oh sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say I know like it's connected. With the astro projection stuff, when you were researching, you know, they talk about this thing called the uh, silver cord as well. Yeah. Which is your direct lifeline back to your body because when you astro project, now your body is literally just a vessel that whatever's on the other side, you may not even know it's there, is trying to get in. Yeah. So you cannot leave that silver cord. You know, that's your direct line, like I said, back to your body. And you do not want to follow whatever's on the other side because it just leads to bad bad news. Um, Jerry, yeah, are you are 
I I did I had a lot of astral projecting myself and a long time ago. And what I did in order, I mean, I would have one in like almost every day, every other day. And before I was so scared of them too. But you know what it worked for me was I would ask God, you know, just let me sleep tonight and protect me. And usually I slept good. So, and I say that every night, even now, and I sleep good. That, you know, I wish that would have worked when, you know, the bulk of it was happening. Cause like I said, I, I tried every night because I'm telling you there was nights where I'd wake up, have sleep paralysis, see the thing, wake, wake up, go back to sleep. And they would just happen overnight night. Mm. I think my longest sleep paralysis session from just looking at the clock was over an hour. Um, but like I, I, I think whatever it was feeded as much as it could off of me for like the years that it was with me, and then it was just done. I think it just left, um, okay. and then for some reason, whether it actually came back or I just had this horrible memory of it the, when I was at my apartment here, um, it just kind of just got up and left and didn't see it again. Okay. Jerry, did you suffer the um, migraines before all this happened or afterwards, or it was simultaneous? Um, it, you know, it, that's a good question. I never actually thought about that. If I think about it, I would have to say after it all started. Hmm. wonder if they're related. Changes in sleep and stress. Me. All those things can lead to migraines and make them more likely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jerry, what do you think it is? The light and shadow. What do you think it means? Um, I think the light. I I can't even tie. Maybe aliens. Maybe because I, I just at the time I was definitely afraid of them, <laughs> so my mind will always go to aliens. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, the, I the classic so flash you of light. Know. Like maybe someone else was abducted in my house, and I just so happened to see them. The light come back. I well, <laughs> maybe, maybe your brother or you have any sisters. Yeah. Brothers. Yeah, my brother, they took him. <laughs> well, we you can joke about it now, but the time when you were just a little boy, probably what if you were six years old, it had to be terrifying. Yeah, even throughout high school, it just was. I hated it stayed going, with you. Hated going to sleep. You hated. That's so sad. That's <laughs> yeah. terrible. You, no, but it makes sense. That kind of experience, so like the same thing, with Jerry. Uh, what was I'm that, sorry, Jason? That? No, I was just gonna say, like. With what uh, Jerry's going through, like I remember when I when I talked about the poor uh, guys before getting really involved with paranormal, before everything went total chaos here, basically. Like I just remember, you know, I had a lot of headaches at the time. I was always drained and just just always felt angry and anxious for no reason. Like I could have the best day in the world, but it was there was a portal in my house and this bad spirit had come through and it just started feasting on pretty much everything. Yeah. And then it eventually led to, you know, poltergeist level. And then we had to do what we had to do to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can really relate with Jerry on what he's talking about from a personal level, you know, from, I think it was 2013. Yep. Yeah. It was a crazy one. Hey, Brian, I have a question uh-huh. for you. Sure. Uh, um, now, with you uh, studying sleep paralysis, how far had it taken? Have you reached new uh, plateaus on what you're studying about it? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not just me. There's lots of folks that are looking at this, but um, they've identified a lot of the things that sort of go into it. So if you look at people that are being brain scanned while they have sleep paralysis, it is a mixture of REM sleep going on when people are awake. So a colleague of mine in England found out there was a genetic contribution. There was a little mutation on the PER2 gene that people have that makes people more likely to have sleep paralysis. And you can actually stop it um, through certain behavioral techniques as well as through taking certain drugs that actually suppress REM sleep. So people that might have long-time sleep paralysis, seeing, seeing really scary things over and over, if they take certain medications, that will actually reduce it because it no. suppresses REM sleep. Now, yeah. these medications that you talk about, are they narcotic or non-narcotic? Non-narcotic. So okay. if you give someone like a, an SSRI, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, in very low doses, so you wouldn't even need to give the dose that you'd use to treat anxiety or depression. And one of the side effects of it is that it ends up suppressing REM sleep. So when people take the drug, they report having less dreams. For some people, that's, you know, they don't like that. But you could actually use the drug's side effect as the effective treatment to actually reduce sleep paralysis. Hmm. Jen, it's getting closer to witching everybody. Yeah, I know. So, Jerry, you you might want to look into that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If it could help you, that would be great. Okay. And the best thing for people that have sleep paralysis to do is really to get on a good sleep cycle and make sure they go to bed, wake up the same time every night, and really take care of themselves. No drinking caffeine or alcohol before bed, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I know that's tough, right? Yeah, it is tough. <laughs> Who well, doesn't like to think good about drugs. that. That's good. <laughs> that's, Jerry, you should think about that. But um, like Sean said, it is that time again. I just want to thank everyone for joining us tonight yes. and also our sponsor. Yes, thank you. And, and Jerry, absolutely. Jerry, we wish you Jerry. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Jerry. Yes. Thanks Brian. for everybody. sharing your experiences. And Brian, it was great to have you on the show again where we can um, get together again. But we want to thank you. And where can someone get a hold of your books? Uh, you can find them on Amazon. Just Google my name. I'm also giving a talk on the 18th on insomnia Ooh, and what to do about one. insomnia. So just go to profs, like the abbreviation for professor, and pints.com. Absolutely. Uh, and my Thank website you. is briansharpless.com. Well, thanks Thank you, again Brian. for joining us, and we'll always give you a call. <laughs> thanks so much. <laughs> and Jason, thanks for lending your experience, too. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And best of luck to you, Jerry. Hopefully everything gets resolved for you. <laughs> yes, Thanks. absolutely. And Sean, yep. tell our audience where someone can get in contact with you if they're interested in having a paranormal investigation. Um, they can contact us on our Facebook page, Pittsburgh Paranormal Society. Leave me a message and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Great. And I welcome everyone to continue the conversation and join us Friday Night Live on Pittsburgh Paranormal Testing Prophecies Facebook page at 9 Eastern Time. Please check out my author page, J.E. Nicasio, my trilogy from the sky is available and all my books are available at Amazon.com next week. It's going to be a good show, but I'm not going to tell you because it's a secret. So hope you can join us. And remember to like us on Facebook and Instagram and check out and subscribe to ChasingProphecyRadio.com and our YouTube channel. We look forward to your ghostly stories. So don't forget to email our email at ChasingProphecyRadio at Gmail. And stay safe. And good night, everyone. And thank you for tuning in to Chasing Prophecy.
Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.